on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, September 11th. Everybody, in the remembrance of uh, all those events of September 11th, also my wife's birthday. Uh, always makes that a little bit interesting. Also, most of my family has COVID, just not me. I'm locked in this room, might have to stay here for the next week. So that's what's going on. But the LA Galaxy, 2-2, come from behind draw against St. Louis in a uh, feisty little match. Good second half, poor first half. We've seen a lot of that before. We're going to talk about all the injuries, all the stuff that's going on, and whether or not that was a, a good game or not. Did the Galaxy save their season just by coming back in that game? Maybe. We'll talk about it. Uh, we got a bunch to talk about as well. Traffico Week is headed up, and we're going to be joined here in just a couple minutes by everybody's favorite soccer mom, uh, Miss Sarah Neal, uh, Jalen Neal's mom. So we got a lot to talk about, a lot of fun things planned our way to help me do all that. He's back. It's Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how's it going, bud? Did you just say you're the only one in the house without COVID? Right now? Well, yeah. I've been dodging. You know, the, you know what that means? What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, you got COVID now. No, I don't. No, no, no. That would be that would be false, incorrect, not a true statement at all. Um, I'm going to dodge this. I'm telling you right now. I'm dodging it. I feel I feel good. I'm dodging it. Well, hey, did your screen just freeze? I'm frozen here. Are your, you frozen? Your side is frozen, like normal. Like oh, normal. Okay. Again, well, it's, again the, it's mostly your computer. So yeah, it's got the. Uh, I got the new thing on here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I, I just have the little spinny, spinny thing. Yeah, just I can still hear you, so we're fine. We'll just let it roll for okay. a little bit. All right. Um, so we missed you. We missed you Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, so you think I should, could go to that game? I've been testing negative, and I've gone through, you know, like $700 worth of uh, shots and all that fun stuff um, uh, of, of uh, tests and however however all that stuff. So I was cleared. Uh, I was going to go and wear my mask and do the whole thing. And my wife was like, I don't feel good. You should probably stay. And so uh, instead, I got to stay home uh, and watch it from the comfort of this room. Uh, it, it, interesting game overall. Um, you know, we're going to talk about a whole bunch. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was another weird game for the Galaxy. And I guess with, with the battle of attrition they're currently fighting, it, it's not really a surprise. So that's interesting. Before we even get anywhere, though, we haven't <laughs> talked about... And certainly I haven't talked about, um, 
you know, I, I got to talk a little bit about uh, about Tom Braun and him coming in and really what the LA Galaxy were trying to do um, with Tom Braun and that whole thing. But Kevin, we haven't really got to talk to you about Tom Braun. So, so what what did you think about the LA Galaxy's announcement? I know we we privately said we were kind of weren't that surprised, right? Well, no, I wasn't surprised. I expected this a long time ago. I expected it actually. Gosh, almost. I, I think when he had the Soccer Champions Tour and and sold ninety three thousand tickets at the Rose Bowl and put that whole thing together, um, I, you know, I thought that was huge. You got all these big European teams. Yeah, there were other people that worked with him, but but my understanding was AEG that he was the lead guy on that. Um, that pulled that together. That was a big prestigious thing that made AEG a lot of money. Uh, sort of stamped them as the soccer property on the West Coast again. Um, and it, it, you know, I mean. At, at that time, it just seemed like he was the guy in waiting. And, um, you know, there was a lot, as we we as we as know, and we'll, we'll talk about again, there was a lot going on with Chris Klein. There was a feeling they, they couldn't, you know, give in to the fan protests and push him aside, but Tom Brown was right there. Um, I, I think the big takeaway for me is, my understanding is this is the first time, or at least the first time in recent memory, that the Galaxy do not have a president over the whole operation. They have a business side and a sporting side. And I think that's a real big step forward. I think that was very necessary. Um, and, you know, the departure of Chris Klein allowed them to do that. And they, they were really lucky they had a guy like Tom Braun just waiting right there. Yeah, yeah I think I, it's great. I think it's a great hire. Well, great I mean, it, but the bottom line, though, is that he's been in this role for however long since Chris Klein got suspended, probably. Right. I mean, you know, really, Tom Braun has already. So where's the change? Where's the different ideas? Where's the somebody who's going to come in and sort of that overarching thing right now, the overarching reach for that is, is Dan Beckerman. He's in charge of everything because when there's two guys at the top and Tom even said, you know, I'm not going to make soccer decisions. So it's up to Greg Vanny. So I, and you and I always talk about it. Sometimes soccer decisions come down to business decisions and soccer decisions, right? So does a soccer decision get to overrule business decision every time? Cause that's sort of how Tom let it to be, be believed. If it's about a player, he doesn't, he, he can only, present the business side of it and doesn't necessarily have the decision well, on that. Well, yes and no. A couple of things. I mean, when he put this Champions Tour together, he spent a lot of money that he didn't have. And and they did that on the belief that they would make money. So there's a way that he could do that. That's one. I think you say, what changes? Well, Chris Klein is out of the way. Tom Braun can do what he wants. I think there was an awful lot of, hey, Chris, I got this great idea. And it just never went anywhere. And then uh, Dan Beckerman it does play a big role in this. I'm not expecting any any great ideas from Dan Beckerman, but what I am expecting that if 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 uh, Greg wants to go sign a player and Tom can't make that revenue from the Galaxy pot, I expect Dan Beckerman to say, "Hey, AEG's got you covered. We'll get this done." But um, you know, there are a lot of things that need to be done. The season ticket base has really slipped lately. There hasn't been a lot of creative things. You know, this is the Fourth of July fireworks. I've done that for 29 straight seasons. It, there it, has was, to it be... was at the Rose Bowl this time, however. That was good. And you know who put who set that up? Um, so Tom Brown. there's a lot of yes. there's a lot of things that that can be done. I, and, and you know, they have a new creative team in there. You know, a new social media team. So I, you know, I think the team has finally the the franchise has finally realized that they've kind of been stuck in neutral for an awful long time, on and off the field. And you got, um, you know, you got some new people over in in the soccer on the soccer side, some new energy over in the business and and community relations side and and social media side. Um, 
I, you know, I can't expect to, that we're going to see a lot of things going forward. I don't think there's going to be a complete reband, rebrand, but I think if you go to sleep now and wake up in a year, I think you're going to notice the galaxy is a totally different organization. It'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, it's all there to play, right? It's like it's one of those things. You, you give them the ball, you let them go, uh, go take it down the field and sort of see what happens. Um, all the injuries certainly not helping the LA Galaxy. That's been something we've been watching and been talking about. I was joking because I was watching a little of uh, Monday Night Football, of course, the first one. Uh, this year, and Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the first quarter after being the guy who was going to save the Jets franchise. And I just wanted to know: Is Chris Klein a Jets fan? Has the curse <laughs> fallen over to to Aaron Rodgers because already doesn't look great? Although uh, apparently the X rays were negative, so perhaps he's back sooner rather than later. But first quarter into the into the uh, the franchise defining era for Aaron Rodgers, I just feel like that's such a galaxy thing to have happen right now, right? Yeah, it's he's like, like he's like the Jets' Ricky Pouge. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, up to a certain point, maybe, or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it would be more like if it was Zlatan coming in, but Zlatan got hurt the the first game into into the re- into the definition of everything. You know what I mean? Um, that's sort of what I was. That's sort of what I was thinking in in all this stuff. It's just it just seems unlucky, and I was watching Monday Night Football. So uh, I don't want to get too far off base, but we do have our special guest for tonight, and we're really glad to have her. Uh, Kev, you and I have been talking about having uh, Sarah on the show so many times, uh, and you mentioned now's the time, and I agree, now's the time. So welcome to uh, to the show, uh, Miss Sarah Neal, everybody's favorite soccer mom. Is that is that a fair thing to say, Sarah? Um, well, calling me a soccer mom, yes, yeah. definitely. I hope I'm everybody's favorite. I was You're our favorite. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we <laughs> if we get a vote, we get to we get to say. I just you know I've been around this team for 15 years. I know you guys have been been watching the team for since Jalen was was a young whippersnapper and all that fun stuff that going on. But he, I he don't still is he, a young. Yeah, I know he's way younger than us, Kev. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I don't know that I've ever seen a parent. Uh, integrate themselves into the social fabric of a club and its fans more than you. And I, I have to take my hat off. It's it's fun to watch. You get to interact with so many fans. You have so many wonderful causes, and hopefully we'll get to talk about all of them here. Um, how, how did you even, how did that happen? Is that a fair question to ask? Oh, hold on one second. Let's see. Hold on. It, it the, the Bluetooth connection bounced out for a second. Go ahead. Now we can hear oh. you. Okay. Um, I have to um, give a little shout out to uh, Chris Tucker, who uh, was the really got me into Twitter. He, um, I saw something that he was a fan of Jalen when Jalen played in Academy. And I reached out just to thank him, you know, because that was really touching. And, and then it just took off from there, really. Yeah, yeah. Chris has that effect on people. It's talking about somebody who's 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 uh, embedded in the in the social fabric of the LA Galaxy. I mean, it, it's one thing though. I think a lot of times, if you have players, and maybe it's because of Jalen's age, um, maybe maybe it comes into the fact that you know, whenever he first started making waves in the LA Galaxy and in the academy in that Galaxy Two era, you know, he's he's fairly young, and you have you know a parent out there. I would say that most guys probably wouldn't love to have their parent out there <laughs> out there for How does Jalen handle all of this? Um, well, you'd you'd probably have to ask Jalen, but I think I think he accepts it. I try my very hardest not to embarrass him. I've gotten better at knowing what to say and what not to say, especially on social media. Right. Um, 
but I think he, I think he appreciates the support and he knows how I am. I'm like this with all four of my kids. Okay. Okay. Right. That's so, so they're all used to it. They probably have meetings all by themselves where they say, Hey, yeah. did, did mom do this? That type of thing. Kevin, go ahead. Well, you know, Josh, I'm going to make you feel old. You know that Jalen was five years old when you started working with the Galaxy on your Corner of the Galaxy podcast. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right, Kev. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's what I needed tonight. So, Mom, tell, tell us about your ticket deal. I've been following you on social media, speaking of social media, and all this ticket stuff you're doing. It sounds really amazing. Can you can you kind of tune, uh, you know, explain to us exactly what's going and going on and how it's working how, and how people can help? Yeah, so I know I'm I'm so grateful for all of the help and donations because it wouldn't happen if I didn't get help from others. So let me just preface by saying that. Um, so I had an idea with Jalen last year that you know it's always been very important for us to to make sure that everybody has access to games. Um, back when Jalen and his older brother were little. You know, I didn't have a lot of money, and going to Galaxy Games was affordable for me. Um, that's something that we could do as a family. And I want to make – and, you know, and then Jalen got to walk out with AJ, and he got to play on the field. And I really feel like, you know, other kids need that inspiration. They need to see a professional game, see their idols out there, get to meet them. So we – so I, I contacted Galaxy and I said, how much would it cost if I were to buy like season tickets or, or something? And I worked with the foundation and they agreed to donate tickets to me every game. So they donate a, a large chunk of, of tickets. And then, and then it caught on and other people just donated. And, and now I think I'm up to 142 families this year. Just this year, wow. 142 just families. This year. Yeah, just this season. And, and so that ends up being, I think you were saying it was like 400 and something people whenever you sort of really start yeah. to multiply that out, right? Yeah, I was adding it up on um, access of all the tickets and I, I blew myself away because I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. It, so that's, that's how many people have gotten to go to Galaxy Games this year because of you that otherwise would not have been able to attend a game. Yeah, I, I try really hard to uh, make sure that a majority of people haven't been to games. Some are people who currently go and maybe couldn't afford to go to a game or, you know, just money's tight. And I and I pass those on, too. Well, it, it's it, one. It's an incredible feat to even attempt something like that. And being someone who occasionally gets tickets, they have to give away. Um, I'm sure you have all your fun and frustrations with the with the access ticket system as well, trying to get people tickets <laughs> and all that fun stuff. So that is a that is a you have overcome the technology, which is always nice, <laughs> always nice as well. But I mean, so you've done that. But there's also more because recently you had another fundraiser, and these seem to pop up all the time. And you, you, they always seem to be you always seem to be behind them, which I think is great because, again, you have a voice, you know how to use it and, and you're doing something. So I saw this tweet and I'll pop it up on the screen. It says, uh, you know, you were looking to sort of help a uh, your oldest plays for a team called Problems FC. Right. And yes. you said that's a lot of incredible players, but they're not seen. Right. There's there's no way to get yeah. them into like the best tournaments. That way they can be seen. Yeah. So these guys are getting overlooked by scouts. They're getting overlooked in soccer rich Southern California, and these guys could be the next Jalen Neal. These guys could be the next Landon Donovan, but you're never going to know because they're not getting discovered. Is that sort of the idea behind it? Absolutely. Yep. 
And and so yeah. so you decided to raise money for these guys. Tell 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 us about that. So so yes, I agree. There's and, and not just with this, but just you know, I could go on for hours about the whole pay to play system. But right. um, you know, with these these young men, they work so incredibly hard, and and they're so passionate about the sport, and yet still have other lives. They have families. They're you know early to mid twenties. They they work jobs, one two jobs. And then, you know, it's still really hard for them to pay the league fees. It comes to about 250 to 300 a player mm-hmm. per season. And, you know, that doesn't sound like much, but it is when you're young and you have a family and responsibilities. So I just, you know, I know that they were having some issues paying, and I didn't want that to stop them from achieving their dreams. And, and, and so you put a goal, 2300 up there. Um, I remember whenever it was about 300 um, and you were really <laughs> excited because you're like, Hey, we got a player. We got a player in there. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, we can do better than that. So I retweeted it. I know other people retweeted it as well. So now you're at, I think just before I came on $2,400 of your $2,300 goal. So that is now what, like 10 players. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we can, we can cover 10 players. I just, I reached out to the coach, uh, this afternoon and I was like, well, tell almost the entire field that they're covered. Yeah, except for that goalkeeper. They're weird anyway, so you can make them pay their yeah. own way. So that's fine. No, the uh, the the uh, the GoFundMe is still up there. You can go to uh, Sarah's Twitter and you can still donate. And let's make sure we get the goalkeeper in there as well. At GalaxyMom4. That's at G-L-X-Y-M-O-M-4. Uh, and then the goalkeeper, even though he's weird, can play as well. Uh, <laughs> Kev, what else you got? Yeah, they, you know, that's just so phenomenal that you do that. And, and I... You know, you know, I praise you for doing that. It would be so easy for you to say, look, my son made it. You know, I got through this with my kids. Um, you, you guys figure out some way to do it on your own. But but you haven't. Um, what, I, what I did want to ask you, though, is, you know, I've talked to a lot of uh, um, moms and dads who have gotten their, their, their kids to, to this level. I had a long talk mm-hmm. with Alex Morgan's dad about all the things that, that, that he and his wife used to have to do, taking the kids to, tr- you know, get up at four in the morning, taking the kids to tournaments and practice. That's what you did. And, and your son made it. And, and a lot of kids don't make it. Your son made it. And I just wondered, you know, all of us are proud of our kids, whether they're plumbers or teachers or they work at McDonald's or whatever it is. But your kid, you know, it made it to... MLS and the U.S. national team. I'm wondering, a lot of that reflects on you, and, and you deserve a lot of the credit for that, but what's it like to watch your son achieve his dreams to this degree at such a young age? I get emotional even now just thinking about it. I, you know, I never, uh, it never, like, and stops being exciting. Like, I'm so proud of him that he's so young and achieving his dreams, and you know, he set those goals at age five. And I mean, how many of us achieve our dreams, you know, by the time we're a teenager? Right. So it's, it's amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I get nervous. I get chills. I, I cry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I remember Jalen saying something like that in an interview. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he, he was talking about you and, and, and saying, I, I'm pretty sure she cried. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. There, there, there. Oh, it was. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> well, 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 I don't want Kevin. Do you have anything else that you want to want to talk to Sarah about? No, I, it's just it, it really is a, a a thrill getting to talk to you. I know you and I have spoken before, but I mean, some of the stuff you are such an inspiration. Um, you know that you that you just kept at it. I know you have three other kids, and and some of those are playing soccer, right? And we may see yeah. them at some point. 
Um, how how was Jalen's injury? By the way, are we going to get him see him on the field soon? Are you allowed to talk about that? Or are you sworn to secrecy? <laughs> I don't know if I'm sworn to secrecy, but I don't think that I'm the right person to ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I know he misses being out there. I miss him being out there. Um, he's doing everything possible to get back out there. Um, we need to make playoffs for many reasons, but also. Uh, Hopefully he can get back out there by playoffs. Nope. It's just you know one of those injuries that you gotta just wait it out. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. By the way, if uh, if Kevin would have had his dreams at five year old, five years old come true, uh, he would have he would have also been um, a soccer player. I'm sure, right, Kevin? Wasn't that your thing, or were you a long distance runner? <laughs> even at five? So- soccer wasn't even invented back then. Oh, okay, good. Just wanted to check. <laughs> very good. Well, you know, yeah, I do want to mention one thing really quick. Um, I don't know if you saw, but on October 19th, um, about we're going to be opening our mini pitch in Lakewood as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's really exciting. I, I mean, and that's that's something and, and you can tell it means a lot to Jalen. I know I'm sure it means a lot to you, but just having a place for kids to play soccer in Lakewood, something that is, you know, clean and nice and developed and there for their use and not, you know, a tennis court that you could possibly yeah. get kicked off of or other stuff like that, right? This is, these these are the important things. And if we're trying to get away from pay to play, having places where kids can just go and play is is also part of that. Yes, and you know, I love that it's going to be branded with LA Galaxy. So we'll have, you know, representation there always. Yep, very yeah, good. Another thing quickly is, is Sarah, you know, Jalen has really taken after you. He is not, you know, he, as you said, he's achieved his dream, but just like you and in concert with you, reaching back to help others. And, um, you know, reminds me a lot of what Giassi's artist did for the community when he was here. And and mm-hmm. it's amazing that, that Jalen has the wisdom and, and the desire and everything else to do that at 20. I, I guess he gets a lot of that from you, but um, it, it's just incredible that that he's out there not worrying about his own career, uh, although that's going really well, but reaching back to help the next group of kids follow him. Yeah, he from the minute he signed his contract, that was always very important to him to give back, to use this platform and to do whatever he can for others. It's uh, it's it's well worth it. You can see that he enjoys playing. You can see that he enjoys all this other stuff as well. Um, you know, getting to help people and and it seems genuine from his heart. It seems genuine from your heart as well. And if we can ever be of service to you, you obviously know where where to find us. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We, I appreciate it. We appreciate it, Sarah. Have a wonderful day, and uh, and we'll get you back on the show real soon. All right. There we go. Thank uh, you for the call. There you go, Miss uh, Miss Sarah Neal, uh, everybody's favorite soccer mom. I was going to ask her, Kevin, because I know how much you love wearing jerseys with players' names on it. I was going to ask her if she could get you a Jalen Neal jersey, <laughs> so that way you could you know, wear that. That's 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 one other male person I might the, I might wear that name on my on my back. The ex- all the things that the he does. exceptions continue. It's you no, know I, a, I will not. That's just weird. But you know this guy probably you know R- Messi. R- I'd probably do Roberto Messi. Roberto Clemente. <laughs> no, you know it has to be beyond the pitch. Uh, Roberto Clemente might be a guy. There's that Roman Coke again. You shouldn't be drinking on the air. Yeah, you know it is what it is. It's Pepsi, which is just the worst thing in the world. We were talking about that beforehand. Uh, speaking of Pepsi, Efrain Alvarez. Uh, off to uh, to the Jolos of Tijuana. We talked about it. We talked about the move getting ready to happen, and then it did happen. Uh, $2.2 million, supposedly. Uh, so a great bit of business there, Kevin. I know you're wearing, obviously, you have the Efrain Alvarez jersey that you, again, another exception that you wanted to make uh, for this. No show. name on the back. Uh-huh. But, I mean, gee, look at what's happened in the last six weeks. Efrain Alvarez 
it wasn't playing, and so they got two point two million dollars for him, uh, which is great. They've added what we talked about. They added uh, when you look at Sharp and and Fagundes and Cerillo and Barrios and Yoshida, that's four maybe five starters that have been added. You know, since the transfer window opened August first, um, and they did this while they were under sanction. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, Will Kuntz. I don't know how much of this is Will Kuntz. I think a lot of it is Will Kuntz. It feels like uh, it, doesn't you know, it? It feels yeah, and, it feels and, creative sure. and new and 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 expansive and smart and so for all those reasons it feels like it couldn't possibly be anybody who was there so it must be Will Koontz that's and that's totally it's a, amazing a, yeah. it's a to- totally amazing and and you're gonna look at this and say oh well yeah none of those guys are a, a Zlatan or a Chicharito hey Billy Sharp scored two goals in four games he's he's a, a veteran player who's a great clubhouse presence Yoshida was captain of the Japanese national team in the World Cup. Uh, Fagundes has 350 caps in MLS. It's not like he, you know, these are not the dredges. This is not the little sisters of the poor. We, he added some really important players. Yeah. Yes, it's not, they're not soccer hall of famers, all of them, but my gosh, they're already all of them making contributions. Let's get to this game, LA Galaxy 2-2 St. Louis, uh, a 0-2 start to the game for the LA Galaxy. Get behind the eight ball rather quickly, as a matter of fact, fourth minute um, and then 28th minute, 2 nothing on both of those for St. Louis. The Galaxy going to halftime, down two goals, come up, uh, and then uh, very, very slowly, uh, but they get the penalty kick, Pooch puts it in, and then they get the red card um, that helps them out, and eventually it's Billy Sharp in the 82nd who gets the game-tying goal. Really interesting game, Kevin. There's, there's, a, there's an overreaction, I think, that because all of these games are so important for the LA Galaxy, that this is lost points. And certainly if you're trying to win all your home games, you're going to say, Hey, you lost two points. You should have had three there and you lost two points. Um, and I understand that sentiment. I think it's valid. If you think that that's, that's fair, then that's valid. The other flip side of this comes into the fact that when you look at this LA galaxy team and what they were facing, they were facing the number one team in the Western conference who they had played before in a similar situation also got a draw, but that was on the road. Um, But you had a very full strength St. Louis side versus a very not full strength side plus international absences missing. Uh, You had that Raheem Edwards suspended on yellow cards. So even the starting lineup is completely affected by all the changes and all the injuries and everything that has gone on. And if you look at it, uh, because we didn't even get to talk about it because Greg Vanny announced on Friday, uh, you know, Caligari seems to be another season ending injury. Now, is it really bad that it's going to take him, you know, 12 months to come back? We don't know yet, but season season ending Kevin right now is like, oh, is it going to be six weeks? Well, that's season ending. You know, it's going to be real fast in terms of what it is, but that seems to be the case. So Caligari's lost now. That's four season ending injuries to a certain extent um, that it seems uh, possible. Maybe Caligari is able to come back in the playoffs. We don't know exactly where we're at, but Vanny said it wasn't good. So that's four starters now that have gone down with season ending injuries. There are multiple injuries throughout this season with to people like Douglas Costa. Somebody tried to comment Kevin and said, you know, the galaxy really wasted their chances early in the season whenever they were healthy. And I said, you know, they started the season without Chicharito and Douglas Costa because they were both injured, right? That's those are the things that we have seen matriculate all the way from the beginning of the season, all the way to the end of the season. The galaxy being healthy has only been a thing for three games at a time, maybe like at some section in there. So the fact that they're not just playing these games against teams that are good in the Western conference and they have LAFC coming up on Saturday, but they're also battling this war of attrition 
right? They're they're literally trying to fight just to keep guys healthy enough to get on the keep stay on the field this year. Um, then if you put that in the context, maybe the 2-2 coming from behind when you should have probably had zero points when you go down 2-0 uh, and you fight back, maybe the Galaxy saved their season with this game because one point was was really important. Everyone who came through the interview room said they were happy with the point. Greg Vanny said it's a good point, but they all said, every one of them said, we should have had three, and that's the way the people feel in the locker room. They should have had three. When you talk about the injury situation, it has a chance to get worse. Greg said afterwards that uh, some people commented about how Ricky Pooj did not seem to have his, his a normal stellar game. And in fact, there was a giveaway at midfield that led to a goal that would have made it three nothing before the half. Uh, that game was that goal was called up by an offside uh, correctly. Um, but Ricky did not play well. He has a groin problem, according to Greg Vanny. Did not train at all last week. Um, and Galaxy were not sure how far they could go. They said very early on Ricky was looking to the bench and did not feel good. He, he said, told Greg at halftime he was going to go back out for the second half. And as he got warmer, um, he started to feel a little bit better. And so the first thought was, well, well, why didn't they take him off, you know, in the 60th or 70th minute? Well, because it was they were losing. Uh, they had to keep him on. And remember, the, the tying goal didn't come to about the 83rd minute. He, he had to stay on for the whole game. He was all they had. But if this gets worse this weekend, I'm sure Greg knows today. Today was the regeneration day. I'm sure Greg knows what, what Ricky's situation is. If they were to lose him that might be the biggest blow of all. I already feel like the injuries are mounting enough to the point where they may be insurmountable. You might not be able to come back from this. I don't like dropping points at home. I don't think that that's a valid way for a team that's trying to press into the playoffs to make it. Um, That being said, if the Galaxy can scrap and pick up points on the road, they can make up for some of the stuff that's happened at home, right? And we sort of looked at the seven-point week that the LA Galaxy had, but, you know, the last game was a draw at home, and it wasn't necessarily, you know, the the win that that everybody was looking for. Um, You know, the bottom line is the Galaxy have dropped points in every facet of the game this year. Uh, so it's not surprising to see them struggle in some of these some of these ways. Uh, I well, thought, I, you know, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say a couple of things. You know, St. Louis has only lost once when they gave up when they scored first, and and they didn't lose, but you know, it was a draw. The Galaxy came back. You talked about what a great team it was. A goalkeeper that leads the league in saves, and and they beat him twice in the second half. Um, but when you talk about dropping points, everyone talks about the Galaxy and their great streak since Chris Klein left. They are five one and six. Lost one time in twelve games since right. Chris Klein left. Uh, four unbeaten now since they came back from the League's Cup break. However, five, one, and six, that means they've dropped points in seven of those 12 games. Yeah. Um, and, and they're still 13. They have four teams still to pass. They right. need five points to get in the playoffs. So, yeah, they're, they're playing. They're not losing, but they're not winning. And as you said, when you need to pick up points, after a while, that's going to bite you in the butt. It feels like it's right on that precipice. And then you have El Trafico coming up. That's a, that's a whole nother story. And quite honestly, I'm not sure that anything really matters, including form, whenever you get into El Trafico. Um, but that's going to be obviously a, a really big chance for the Galaxy to pick up points. You're still in at home, quote unquote, in terms of you get to sleep in your own bed, except sometimes they go in hotels with the, the night before that game. Uh, but they uh, they go there. Uh, they get to play. They get to sleep in their own bed. There's no travel that really they have to worry about outside of the traffic that will take them up to BMO. So that's something to look at. Just looking at the starting lineup in this game. Uh, Dayon Jovalich gets to start again. Not sure that's going to happen too much longer here. So keep your eye on Dayon Jovalich. Uh, we have talked a lot about him getting a chance, Kevin, to play for his his meal ticket, right? If you get the, you, you're going to get the chances, you better start burying them. Uh, I thought he had some really good looks in this game. Three or four really good looks. 
he didn't bury one of them. In fact, somebody tried to correct me and they said, well, how can you say that Jovalich is going to lose a starting job whenever, uh, you know, he had three or four really good looks? Yeah. How many of those went in the back of the goal? How many did Billy Sharp put in? It's that type of thing. And I think you can get now, and I think Sharp is close enough to get 60, 65 minutes out of Billy Sharp and then have Jovalich come in off the bench. That is a gamble, though, because you can get 90 minutes out of Jovalich if you need to, Kevin, right? Uh, I'm not sure you can get 90 minutes out of Billy Sharp. Uh, if you need to. So there's still some things that are going there. And as you and I were talking about beforehand, uh, he has two multi-goal games. Both of them came in starts, both of them against LAFC. That's the guy you want to probably start against LAFC. I'm not sure you pull him. He seems to get up for those games. So, uh, but just looking at Jovalich there, uh, an interesting case study, especially in this game. Um, the other thing, Tyler Boyd, Ricky Pooj, Douglas Costa back from the dislocated shoulder uh, went, what was it, 60, 70 minutes? Uh, if I uh, remember here, I'll look it up real, real quick. Um, uh, 68 minutes, so almost 70 minutes for Douglas Costa. People asking why Douglas Costa was pulled out of that game, Kevin, because he was just coming back from a dislocated shoulder. Uh, I'm sure he's not 100%. Uh, I thought he was good in spurts. He's definitely needed on that field for the L.A. Galaxy as much as they can get him. So um, I thought that was sort of an interesting uh, little take from uh, from Douglas Costa and what he was able to do and came back really quickly from uh, from that particular injury. Uh, Uri Rossell, uh, Edwin Cerillo in there. Cerillo had a bad first half. Uh, Julian Alde, uh, you had Chris Mavinga, you had Maya Yoshida, you had Mauricio Cuevas. Uh, and then Jonathan Bond at the back. Uh, my big deal on the defense, Kev, what what did you think of Cuevas? What did you think of Aude? I thought Cuevas was really good going forward, not so much dropping back. That is, um, that, that's astute. That's exactly what I would have said, 100%. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you hear a lot of people saying that they, they kind of, that he reminds them of Julian uh, Araujo in some ways? Yeah, but you know, the thing that I thought interesting is St. Louis seemed to be very aggressive at the start and really went after that Galaxy back line. But when you look at the stats at the end of the game, and and granted that they, they parked the bus at the end when they had the lead and just ten men, but the Galaxy had seventy percent possession. They outshot St. Louis twenty to five. St. Louis only put three shots on goal. Yeah, two of them went in. Um, the Galaxy just dominated that game, and and the, the the low shots on goal. I mean, I know it's a product of the possession. Right. Uh, the low shots on goal for a team like St. Louis, a smart team, a veteran team going against a really makeshift back line, I just thought they would have spent a lot more time sort of peppering the Galaxy back line and trying to drive in there, and it just never materialized. And again, maybe that's part the Galaxy forced them, you know, forced that on them and, and denied them those opportunities. But uh, it, it just seemed like at, in the very beginning that this was going to be a real one-sided game in St. Louis's favor. It, to me, it's a classic St. Louis, right? Because they're such a counterattacking team. You look at their their season-wide stats and they only have 44% possession, right? I mean, they're just a team that three passes and it goes in the net. The thing that I thought was very St. Louis of them in this particular game is when you looked at expected goals as well. St. Louis had a .7 expected goals but scored twice. Uh, the LA Galaxy had two uh, uh, for their expected goals and scored twice, right? Um, and so... Uh, you look at sort of how St. Louis is, you know, ratcheted up and how they score. They convert their chances. They have real offensive threats. Uh, I will say that the Galaxy is sort of it's always goals by commission uh, for the L.A. Galaxy, right? Tyler Boyd scores some. Uh, Ricky Pouge scores some. Uh, you got you're getting now a couple here and there from Billy Sharp. And 
I even like to argue you're not getting any from the strikers except that Billy Sharp scored the game tying goal. And then uh, over the last two games, I think they have three goals between the strikers, but two of those came on penalty kicks, right? And maybe three games, Um, but two of those came on penalty kicks. So where are the strikers still? And in that first half, I have never seen a Galaxy team so frustrated with Dayon Jovalich. There was a lot of looks, a lot of different ways, fingers being pointed, people being angry uh, when they're looking at Dayon Jovalich. And to me, he deflated that team in the first half. And the first half was atrocious from the LA Galaxy. St. Louis ran him right over, Kev, uh, especially attacking behind Cuevas. That was, it was too easy for them. Uh, you know, attacking down the middle, scoring goals, doing the, doing the stuff that you see. But to me, Cuevas and Aude, they have some big shoes to step into and they need to step into those. That granted, they will get some help coming back from international break. Uh, Kelvin Leardown likely to slot into a right back position. Uh, Raheem Edwards will return. So the Galaxy get a little bit better, I think, on defense whenever they go play LAFC this weekend. But this was a bit of an S show uh, for the first 45 minutes. And the Galaxy are lucky that it wasn't 3-0. And you pointed out, Kev, it should have been 3-0, except they they went offside and correctly uh, called that ball back. So I, I don't know where to put this. This I, I, I mean, I think the players probably got it right, Kev, and you, you talked to everybody. It's, hey, we're happy with the point, but, you know, what was that first half? Uh, the Galaxy got run over in that first half, and they can't afford to have that happen for the rest of these games because it puts them in a hole too quickly. Well, the, the Galaxy have 33 goals a season, nine from strikers, two of those from Billy Sharp, who's only played four games. And, and when you look at Jovalich, he has three goals in over 1,300 minutes. Preston Judge has three goals in uh, thir- 300 or 638 minutes. So uh, Jovalich has paid more than twice as much and has the same number of goals. Um, it, you know, they're getting a lot of production on the midfield, you know, Tyler Boyd and Ricky Pooj and, and Douglas Cox with a lot of assists, but they're getting nothing up front. And the thing with Jovalich is, yeah, I know he wants to play. You know, he's made that apparent. Uh, he had his opportunity. Um, he's been really productive off the bench. And you make a good point about uh, LAFC that maybe this is not the week to get Billy Sharp to start. But Jovalich, we know he's effective off the bench. We're finding out he's not effective as a starter. Did, did you? Maybe he's just one of those guys who comes off the bench and can change the game. And we've seen that in other places. This is this is it was funny because I you know that is the argument. I would have made that argument as well. I went and did the stats for him in terms of goals per game, right? So not goals per minute, because that can be swayed. My whole thing is when you bring a guy in, whether he's a starter or a sub, you expect him to score, right? So it doesn't matter whether he has 10 minutes or 90 minutes, you want to see sort of what the deal is, right? And basically I'm saying that within you know a hundredth of a decimal point uh that Dayon Jovalich is technically better as a starter in terms of scoring goals whenever he starts than he is as a substitute. It, now, goals per minute, obviously, he's way higher whenever he's a substitute and comes on. So I really think this year is not so much Dayon Jovalich being forced to start so much. I really feel that this year it's Dayon Jovalich not converting chances. Because look at those chances in the first half. Galaxy could have easily had, and I think that they would have had, had Jovalich scored, Kev, uh, a 1-1 game, right? He had a header in that first half that was fairly wide open and he tried to put it on frame. And if he puts that on frame, there's a good chance that it goes in. He also had a couple shots that he hit directly at Berkey and Berkey made some saves. In fact, he had two of those um, that I remember off the top of my head. If he converts one of those, I feel like the score isn't 2 nothing at halftime. I feel like the score is probably 1-1. Right. And so my whole argument is if the L.A. Galaxy get a nine, if they can get something out of Billy Sharp where he can score some goals, it changes the complexion of games. And it's a funny thing that Greg Vanny says and every coach says is goals change games. Right. That type of thing happens. 
the problem is the Galaxy, a lot of times, unless they score first, which really does sort of change a game, right? They struggle. Um, and they struggle mightily. And I, you know, I I track sort of the the score first and, and all that fun stuff that sort of comes comes with it. But the bottom line is that the LA Galaxy went down to nothing in this game and fought back for a draw. To me, that still says something about this team. It still says that they're not done, even in their wounded state, even missing players. But they're 0-9 and 4 whenever they allow the first goal, Kevin. Two of those times have been against St. Louis where they've come from behind to actually get a point. So I, I, I don't know how to place this game in terms of, should you be optimistic that the Galaxy came back, Kev? Or should you, you be worried that the injuries don't seem to be slowing and, and the pace of games is still coming quickly? Yes. Yeah. Yes to both of those. I, I asked Greg about that after the game, and I said, you know, you, you fell behind 2 nothing. This is a game in May that, it, you know, just pack up the, the tent and let's go home at halftime because you're not coming back. Um, but you did come back. And it was, it's, you know, it would have been so easy. They were, as you said, they were getting run out of the building. They were playing the best team in the conference. There was no reason to expect them to come back. We know St. Louis's record when they score first. Again, no reason to come back. They're playing the hottest goalkeeper in the league. Yet they do come back and they get they get a point. Yes, it's a point, but it's better than zero points. Um, and Greg said, you know, I thought that showed what this team is all about. We've we've been dealt a bad hand, uh, you know, throughout the season with injuries and a lot of other things off the field. It was a gutty point. We came back and we got a point. We didn't give up. He said, I think this carries us forward because it, you can look at the the playoff race the same way. Hey, we're really down. We've got a long way to go. We're not going to be able to make it up, but we're not going to quit, and they're going to keep going. And so, you know, Greg was trying to take as many positive things out of the game as he could. And, and yes, he, they, they dropped two points, but they didn't. Again, go back to May. Go back before they started this little streak. This is a game they're not even in. This is a it probably winds up four or five nothing. Yeah, it does. Let me get to some uh, super chats that came in earlier. Uh, executive producer Herb, uh, twenty three dollars and forty five cents. If you notice, that's two, three, four, five. Uh, Josh, wishing the family a healthy and speedy recovery. Thank you, Herb. Uh, hope you stay healthy as well. I will. I'll just try to leave them as much as possible. Uh, when do you? Uh, where do you normally hang out at halftime? Uh, it depends. If I'm at home, it's in this room. If I'm at the stadium, it's at the bottom of the press box stairs, which is at the top of section one hundred eight. Uh, so you can see me at, at halftime. Kevin usually pops his head down there. And then Herb says, hi, Kevin. Appreciate all your work and articles. So somebody does. Maybe he's the one who reads your stuff. That's Kevin. the guy. That's the one subscriber. We got to go over to his house and have a party. That sounds good to me. Uh, Lasso's Optimism, $13 Super Chat. Hello, guys. 13, by the way, Taylor Swift's favorite number, just in case you didn't know. Uh, hello, guys. A tough but fair point earned Sunday. Am I wrong to feel real progress is being made? Do LA drop their heads and lose this game before all the acquisitions? He just made you, he just asking the question that you just answered, saying, yeah. saying are you going to get that way is it going to be that way if you if it happens in may uh, and i agree it's not right so this well, is different you, you know what the, a couple of things though we just talked about all the players coming in four or five starters depending on what day and guys that are looked at yoshida sharp and fagundes guys that are looked at to be leaders they weren't here in may right fagundes said yesterday he said i'm in here playing with these guys and i'd say how are they 13th in the conference this team is way better than that well guess what diego if you were here in may you would know why this team is in 13th place so it, it essentially is a new team that doesn't carry the baggage of that start and you know sharp talking about his scoring uh you look at the goal last the, the tying goal yesterday sharp scoring fagundes with the free kick with uh um uh, Rossell in between Two of those three guys weren't even on the team at the start of our August. Yeah. And Sharp reminds me a lot of uh, – be interested to see if you agree. Reminds me a lot of Chicharito in that he's smart, he's very active in the box, and seems to wind up in the right place. He's kind of a poacher in that way. Oh, yeah. He's a poacher. 
Absolutely. He's, he's one of those guys, but you just want him there. And I love it. So Sharp comes into that game uh, and, and you and I were there in the stadium whenever he runs into the post, right? He, he Like seconds after he came off the bench. Seconds after he comes off the bench, just runs smack dab into the post. You're like, oh, that guy's dead. He just died. And he hops back up and he's fine. And then in this game, he, he comes onto the game and runs into the goalkeeper immediately. And I'm just like, man, just stay out of his way. He looks like he has pointy elbows and that he hurts when he hits you, right? It's just like all those things. It's all I see when Whenever he comes forward is like knees and elbows and foreheads coming at me. And I'm like, I want to I want to get out of it. He will punish people. And I'd love to see him be able to punish a defense over like 60, 70 minutes um, because he's just going to it's going to be physical every time. Every time he runs, his shoulder is going to come through you. Every time he moves, he's going to be physically you know, against you. He's he's it's always a tug of war, always a battle. And he always seems to be annoying uh, that well, way. It- you know, and, and does that go factor into Greg Vanny's decision making when he picks a starting lineup for LAFC? Because, you know, I'm sure Sharp has said to him, look, I'm not going to run through a brick wall for you, but I'll run into a goalpost or a goalkeeper, drop of a hat. I mean, because we know LAFC, their their game plan for the Galaxy always is let's get physical. And and they try to be, they, you know, a couple of times they've had success beating up Ricky Pooj. Uh, do you put Sharp out there, sort of the enforcer, a guy to sort of make sure like, you pick on my guy. I'm going after your guy. Yeah, I, I saw his quote. He goes, the guy, the boys have told me the lads, I believe the lads have told me that it's a hostile place. And I kind of like that. Right. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know, man. He's just everything you sort of want in, in a player. Uh, you know, I talked about Tyler Boyd and him being coming a fan favorite. Billy Sharp's right there. Uh, and I, by the way, I think Billy Sharp's coming back next year, too. So just just off the top of my head, I think Billy Sharp comes off, ne- comes back next year. He seems like the guy who's sort of like, I just got started. Like, Give me another year. Right. You know, and, and all that stuff. We'll see how that all all plays out. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I would like to say something. Being someone who is relegated to watching this game on Apple TV, uh, I do feel as though on Sunday uh, in an evening game that they decided to just have people who have never worked a soccer game in their life, uh, you know, produce that game. Kevin, even the great Joe Totino, because I was listening to Joe as the as the home audio on this, even the great Joe Totino said something, and I'm sure he wouldn't want me to classify it as this, but this is how I took it. When, even Joe was like, when are they going to show a dang replay? And he didn't say it that <laughs> way, but he's like, oh, we're, we're still waiting for that replay. And I'm like, yeah, Joe, everybody's waiting for the replay. The, off, the possible offside goal that was the first goal that St. Louis scored never got a down the line replay. You know, like there's 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 considerations there. There were two leading passes. One of them looked like it was probably onside. The other one was borderline and it may have been onside, but the replay was never shown. They kept cutting to close ups during play. So, you know, like normally during play, when everything's wide, you want to stay wide on things because you don't want to be a miss movement on the field, right? That's how you do a soccer. Stay wide and then you push in uh, for isolation shots like during breaks or before a free kick or that type of thing. That's whenever you're going to change angles and do stuff. And then you always... Well, let me ask Yeah. Let me ask you, since you were watching on TV, the last goal, the Billy Sharp goal, um, because in the stadium, I don't know if they referenced this on TV or what they were showing, but in the stadium... They scored the goal. Everybody celebrated. There was no flag. They went back to midfield. Everything was there. And then I looked up, and all of a sudden, Berkey had the ball. Yeah. And it, and up on the scoreboard, it said, goal disallowed, offside. And then the referee blew his whistle. The ball came back to the center circle, and and the goal was good. Joe, what so, happened? So Joe Tatino said that the 
instructions that they get apparently from MLS whenever stuff like that because they get get notified of what's going on. He said they were messed up during that game, that they were taking too long or that we didn't know what was going on the whole deal. And so we, all we knew on the broadcast was that there it was a VAR review, right? And we're waiting for that VAR. Re- it, we never on the broadcast, we never knew that it said dis- goal disallowed type thing. And uh, Apple in true fashion uh, didn't show a great replay on it, right? Again, I don't know if they don't have the cameras to do it, Kevin, but it certainly feels as if they had, don't have the intelligence to do it because you and I know as soon as there's a goal, one is, was there a pass that led into that that might be offside? Let's go back and watch that first because that's the most important thing. Will this get called back because of an offside? And then you can sort of work your way back to that in case there's other things you need to look at, like, oh, was there a foul on the lead up to that? I mean, the replay guys have to be almost like the VAR guys, right? So if you're producing a game anymore, you have to be like, can we find something wrong with this goal? Let's watch replays right away. And on the first St. Louis goal, it's like they wanted to show you them celebrating seven different times from seven different angles, but never the lead up pass, never the lead in pass, never the touch for the goal. It was ridiculous. And it played that way out. There was a couple times where Joe Tutino was talking play by play. And they have an isolation on a player who's back behind the play and or they're showing replays. And, you know, we don't know showing replays during game time is a kind of a no, no. You have to sort of figure out when you can do it, when you can't. And most of the time is you can't do it multiple times in this game. Joe Totino is giving you play by play and the video is showing you the seventh replay of a shot that went seven yards wide. Um, well, it, the sharp goal, there should be no replay because it was a free kick. There, there, there wasn't a lead up to the goal, but don't they, somebody somewhere in some studio, whether it's a VAR guy or someone back in New York or whatever, don't they review every goal like the NHL does? Even yeah. an empty net goal in the NHL gets reviewed by somebody. Every goal gets reviewed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they have all the angles there and they're in charge of their own production uh, for that, right? They get raw feeds in and then they're able to do that. But anyway, uh, Apple has been okay in a lot of ways. Uh, this, it needs to be the biggest, produ- biggest improvement. It's like they have people who don't know soccer producing these, and that is what I'm guessing they're doing. Uh, whether or not they're they're third partying this out to people who are like, "Oh, do you have a truck? Well, well, then you can produce this sporting event." I'm sure it's just like football. It's not, uh, and you need to know what to do and how to do it. And whoever was doing that game last night, it was atrocious. Not only mentioned at the very beginning, you know how there was sun on the field at the very beginning of the uh, of the game. You know, whenever there's sun and shadows, somebody has to be on the slider in order the exposure slider in order to be like, oh, it went into the sun. Hurry, drop the exposure. And you, so there's a lot of quick sliding in and out type thing. Whoever was on the slider fell asleep for the first 10 minutes of that game because the galaxy would go into that light area and they just disappear. It was gone. You knew the ball was over there and knew the player was over there. You couldn't see anybody. Uh, and about, you know, five, six minutes in that game, finally, somebody was like, oh, I know where the slider is. Well, I had a, t- a um, conversation with a former national team player who's now a broadcaster uh, on an unrelated topic, and then he jumped on Apple and just ripped Apple for a long part of the conversation and then stopped and said, but you know what? Let's give him a chance to figure it out. Let's not let's not criticize him yet. Let's give him a chance to figure it out. So he's seen the same thing you you are, but he's saying, you know what? This is their first their first season. Let's let's see if they if they're not good next year, then we know that there's a problem. Yeah, they need to be better. If they need me, I mean, I know I listen, I know I can I can help. Just bring me in. I'll tell you where you screw up. I could have a little buzzer and every time you screw up, I'll I'll, I'll electrocute the uh, the the person who's running the, the replays. Right. That type of thing. We'll fix it. But anyway, it's just 
it's just weird to see them not get some of that stuff right. Um, let's go to some of the stats and some of the things uh, that we had covered uh, in this, uh, the, the Galaxy are sort of at. I, I thought it was interesting. The 2-2 game uh, sort of coming here, 7-10-9 and nine now for the LA Galaxy. Uh, I say the Galaxy have trouble scoring goals, and then you go back and you look, and, and you see, look, uh, three goals scored uh, you know, for, for a win, uh, two goals scored in a loss, three goals scored in a win, three goals scored in a win, 0-0 draw, two goals, goals scored in a draw. It feels like they're scoring... Um, but I still don't feel like there's a consistent scoring presence from from really anybody on the team outside of maybe Tyler Boyd right now is, is probably the hottest guy um, out there. But Billy Sharp uh, coming up right behind him. So uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, the whole uh, the point or better, right? How many times? What's the percentage the Galaxy get a point or better? Uh, they're now over 60 percent, 61.5 percent where they get a point or better. But their winning percentage, 26.9 percent. Um, 2017 was 23.5 percent, Kevin. That's not exactly one you want to try to replicate. And I think that's the lowest one. Uh, the Galaxy's winning percentage was lowest in 2017. We talked about that franchise worst uh, for the LA Galaxy um, in that particular year. The Galaxy right now at 26.9%. So not great, Bob, as they say. Um, let's see what some other things I can sort of pull up here. Oh, you always like the skyscraper one, Kevin. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the skyscrapers. Through the, through the 26 games, Galaxy have 30 points. At this time last year, Kevin, they had 37 points. Seven points better um, last year at this point. Eight points better in the first year under Greg Vanny. Right, so 38 points, 37 points through 26 games uh, for 2021, 2022, and now 30 points through 2023. Uh, just, again, keeping your eye on things. Galaxy better than 2017 at this point, better than 2008, better than 2007, and better than 1997. There aren't, it's, it's fun that I can pick those out and say which ones they're better than because it doesn't take that long. There's only a couple uh, seasons the Galaxy are better than. And with eight games left, they need 1.5 points per game to get to that magical 42-point uh, barrier, which we believe is what you're going to need to do to get to ninth. But, you know, the thing is, is they're, they're still 13th. They were yep. 14th in May. They're 13th now. They, they, they have them 5-1-6 and six and picked up one spot. And, and there's four teams in front of them. And that I know it's only five points that they need. But there's four teams, so that means so. Let's say Portland starts to to to, to slide back a little bit, and they pass them. Well, there's other teams they still have to pass. The thing is, they're not going to get caught from behind. They don't have to look back and see what Colorado's doing. It's focus on what's ahead of them. But you know, it, those teams, some of them are going to get hot, some of them are going to get cold, and and they all need to go cold at the same time if the Galaxy are going to catch them. Yeah, but I mean, also the Western Conference is mediocre. I mean, and we keep seeing it. That was the number one team in the Western Conference coming into a team that was 13th in the Western Conference. Uh, it looked like St. Louis should have run over the LA Galaxy. Did they? They didn't. And it didn't happen the first time that they were in St. Louis either, where the best team in the Western Conference was going to run over the 13th or 14th best team in the Western Conference. So I just can't. There's just not any separation in the Western Conference. There's none. Uh, so the Galaxy four points off that last playoff spot. I don't know. Maybe Dallas doesn't win another game for the whole time, right? I mean, you know, maybe the Galaxy start jumping over. But the bottom line is you look at the schedule. Galaxy have a chance to play all these people who are in front of them and around them. It's all right there for them to take, uh, starting with LAFC. Uh, coming up this weekend and LAFC is way up that that leaderboard but the way that they've been playing lately they could find themselves much lower on that uh, on that leaderboard if they continue to sort of play that way so everything's sort of more in play than everybody thinks there is right now and the Western Conference is just 
one big pile of meh right now, um, which will make it exciting down the stretch. And I think it keeps the LA Galaxy sort of involved in this season. Well, I, I think what the Galaxy say to themselves is, look, we need to take care of our business. It doesn't matter what happens to Portland, Vancouver, San, San Jose, whoever, if we don't win, if we don't take care of business, they could all lose the rest of the season. But if we do too, we're not going to catch them. What they have to say is, look, 1.5, that's our target. We need to get 1.5 a game if we want to get to 42. But a draw is not 1.5. That means we lost ground. And the Galaxy still do have that game in hand, by the way. They do one. I think it's this, yeah, one game in hand. They, you know, that that could that could be very decisive. But again, 1.5 points a game. If that's your target, a draw doesn't get that done. And a draw at home especially doesn't get that done. The big deal was that before I called it sort of within the margin of error, which was like just a goofy way of saying that the Galaxy with two games in hand and five points back behind the playoff spot knew that if they won both their games in hand, they could make up those five points without anything else happening, right? So you could have played your way into the playoffs if you get both of those games in hand and you stayed in pace with everything, right? Well, now... They're outside of that, right? Because they have four points to the line and they only have one game in hand, which is three points. So they're plus one, which means now they have to pick up points in other places and keep pace with everything that is going on. It, like you said, Kevin, if everybody wins around them, that doesn't help. You better win. Otherwise, you lost r- lost ground again. And this weekend is absolutely one of those places where if the Galaxy can't keep up, they could find themselves not just four points back, you know, but seven points back. Um, and that could happen and, and, quickly. And that's a good point. Yesterday was a free game. It was a it was the makeup game from July fourth. Game rescheduled. It was one of the games in hand. The Galaxy essentially got a free throw. They made one. Uh, they missed the three pointer, or they didn't get the three pointer. So, yeah, it's good. Again, Greg Vanny was right. It's a good point. We got a point that no one else could compete for because this was a game in hand. But imagine if they got three points. They'd mm-hmm. be right there. They'd be one point back. One point. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'd be two. There'd be two points back, right? Because they dropped two, right? So it's they'd be two points back right now. And that means that with the other game in hand, you could have, if you kept pace, jumped into the playoff spot. Now that's not a place you have to win. Listen, you still had to win a whole bunch of games. It doesn't really change that much, but it it makes it steeper. You talked about it, 1.5 points per game, right? That means you have to win every other game, right? That's that's what you have to do from and, here and, on out. And they, need, and they need help because somebody needs to beat those teams ahead of them. And the good thing is a lot of those teams are going to play each other, both fighting for the playoff spot. So the Galaxy needs some help. But there's a lot of teams ahead of them that are motivated to help them because they need to win. They need to beat their opponents to get into the playoffs as well. Here's your schedule. LAFC, El Trafico coming up on Saturday, then 9-20. So four days later, LA Galaxy hosts Minnesota. Then it's 9-24, LA Galaxy away to Austin. And then 9-30, LA Galaxy hosting the Portland Timbers. Finally into October, four games in October, Seattle uh, away, Minnesota away. So still playing Minnesota twice here down the stretch. And then the LA Galaxy with that makeup game against Real Salt Lake on October 14th during an international break. And then it's Fan Appreciation Day, which is generally a horrible thing for the LA Galaxy uh, whenever they host Dallas. So that's what that's where we're sitting right now. And I'm glad Kevin could leaf through all of his paper and everybody here. Yes. Well, I wanted to look and see if uh, the Seattle and Minnesota dates. I'm wondering, I bet you they don't come home between that. Wednesday in Seattle, wouldn't you just go straight to Minnesota? You're already there. You're yeah. halfway there. Yeah, I would. Well, you're not, but I mean, it's a right angle, but I don't know. And, and, because and, and you said they're going to they're gonna host Fan Appreciation Day. Don't they generally host 
their fan appreciation day? I mean, it would be odd to have their fan appreciation day at a road game. Well, it, it's funny because my chart that I did, and I didn't put it out for this this one because I will do it whenever we get closer, is I have the last home game, which is fan appreciation day, and then I have like the last game, right? Which is if it's not fan appreciation day, if it's not at home and it's on the road, then how have they done? Um, but playing Dallas on fan appreciation day just doesn't give anybody... By the way, Dallas, the team who is currently in the last playoff spot, right sitting right there that's that's where that's where it gets nervous kev that's where everything sort of sits there uh if we look st louis at the top there right with uh, 48 points seattle at 41 lafc at 40 salt lake at 40 galaxy have games against just played st louis we'll have a game against seattle coming up have a game against lafc coming up have a game against real salt lake coming up uh don't play houston for the rest don't play vancouver for the rest i don't think and then uh, minnesota twice uh, and then dallas once in there. They also have a game against Austin uh, and a game against Portland, right? So, I mean, it's all the team. One, when you're at the bottom of the table, it's you're playing, you do tend to play all those teams above you, right? Because there are only, there's only one team below the LA Galaxy, which is Colorado, and they're done playing them. So that's one of those, your schedule gets, uh, gets a lot harder whenever you're a sucky team. That's a, the same, same realization is that whenever you're at the bottom of the table, Kevin, you end up playing people above you who, who, who you want to take points from, right? Well, I was talking to Damian Calhoun yesterday after the game, and we both kind of came to the conclusion that it's it's really difficult to see how that Dallas game doesn't just decide everything for both right. for both teams. Right. Yeah. It feels that way. It feels everybody everybody also is feeling that nervousness sort of coming down for 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 that. Game. And, and and would it not be possible? I mean, there's so many scenarios you can't really say, but there's a way that they play those. They each play one another, and then they both get into the playoffs because someone else loses. And then they play each other again the next week for that play-in game. They very, can finish eighth, ninth, and play again. Very well could. And then the higher seed would host and you know, all right. that fun stuff. So, oh, yeah. Oh, just great. Thanks for throwing that in there to the mix of everybody's anxieties and all that sort of stuff uh, is there. Again, LA Galaxy heading up to BMO Stadium to take on LAFC and El Trafico coming up on Saturday. It's a 7.30 p.m. TV start time, 7.39 p.m. kickoff time, so just a nine-minute lead-in uh, on Apple TV, MLS Season Pass. That's where you can find it. We will have a show on Thursday to get you ready for that game. LA Galaxy, though, still in 13th um, because they suck so bad, Kevin, that even the number of unbeatens and, and wins and everything else they've had since Chris Klein was fired, right, still won't get them out of 13th place. So close. They're, they're, getting, they're getting closer. Eventually, whenever it starts happening, it's going to start being like, oh, they passed this team this week and this team this week. And like, it's going to be one of these th quick things where they were 13th and now they're 8th. You know, it's going to happen within like a week's period that they're all going to jump. What? There's a team in the other conference that uh, is in thirteen. I think still in thirteenth place, fighting for a playoff spot. Right, Miami, um, and they have a good player. You know, Messi. They're they're in fourteenth because they have they're an extra 14th. team in the Eastern Conference, so they're even yeah. further bet down. Then in the penultimate place in the in the standings, I, I saw someone on social media today making the argument that the Galaxy are actually probably the the team that's going to make the playoffs between them and Miami that it, even with Lionel Messi the Galaxy are better positioned to make the playoffs I don't know if I would take that bet but that was interesting that the Galaxy uh, someone thinks the Galaxy without Messi are better than Inter Miami with Messi well I mean it's a well known fact that Billy Sharp has more goals than more MLS goals than Lionel Messi so that's that's very well I don't know if that's, that's true I I don't know if it's true but I think it is true just based on the number yeah. of Lee's Cup games versus MLS games and all that fun stuff so that was the fun little stat that uh, that but, somebody was but out Messi just bought a ten point five million dollar house, and I bet you Billy Sharp didn't have one of those. He, he didn't need one. He's does, he's not about he doesn't need to be ostentatious <laughs> about that. He's probably living in a hotel room right now and enjoying it. Right, gets room service on the reg. He's good to go. So, not a problem. 
anything else you want to get to? No, I want to thank Sarah for coming on. That was great. One of my heroes. She's kind of cool to talk to her. I I, I don't know if people realize how rare a position she sort of finds herself in to be able to not influence because I don't like like sort of the influence type thing, but be able to interact with people and and to be willingly able to interact with fans. Um, And it takes a special player to also have like a special parent in that, right? Like, because if you're a real divisive player, it would be more difficult for your parent to be on social media because people would be like, hey, your kid sucks and all this stuff. And I'm sure she gets that too. Um, And seems like she could probably handle herself just fine. Um, But I feel like the combination of Jalen and Sarah together is what makes that that really special. So yeah, it was great having her on. I have talked to parents from a lot of players that have made it, come from humble backgrounds, and they begin out like, thank God we made it, you know, thank the Lord, and we worked hard, and we're so humble. And then after a couple of seasons, they're like, uh, you know, we don't want to talk to the LA Times anymore. You know, we're bigger than this. I don't see Sarah ever going there. And and I love the fact that that her desire to give back, that Jalen has embraced it as well. And we, we both know a lot of things that Jalen had done, even when he was on Galaxy 2, with, you know, there was a whole big thing with immigrants. And then during COVID, you know, where he would do uh, raise uh, material or take donations to different places. He was doing that when he was a Galaxy 2 guy. This is not Jalen Neal, the national team player. Nope. He's been doing this all along. He's just continuing to do it. Uh, by the way, uh, Gary came back. This is a great line, Gary. Yeah, yeah, I think it might be the best line of the, uh, outside of speaking of Ephraim Alvarez, speaking of Pepsi, let's talk about Ephraim. Ryan Alvarez. Uh, that one I thought was a pretty high high bar to set, but Gary <laughs> Gary may have cleared that one here pretty steady. He goes, all Billy Sharp needs is his Costco membership, right? That's it. That's all he needs. So correct, Gary. Correct. You know he he remembers the first press conference. He does. He does. So uh, it was uh, it was really good. So all right, uh, if you are looking for Mister Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com. That's where you can find him. Uh, all of his writing on soccer, all that fun stuff is there. Has an interesting take on Bruce Arena. Uh, if you've been following the Bruce Arena saga, that's a that's a fun one to sort of sink your teeth into. So check that out. Check that out over on latimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, at Galaxy Podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on Threads, cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's where you can find all of our podcasts, all our fun stuff. YouTube, uh, let's see, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody that where you can find us and where you can listen. All right, that's what we got. Another show coming up on Thursday as we get ready for El Trafico on Saturday. Glad everybody is here with us. Hope everybody is doing well. Thank you for all the kind words about my family. They'll all survive. All right. For Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patrick Esman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.